This is Front Row Knowles. I'm not going to say good day, everybody, because I don't think anybody listening to this podcast feels like it's a good day. Tom Block, Keith Jones with you. And Keith, we're going to do a lot of reflection right now, but I think the obvious starting point is just to say get well soon to Jordan and thank you for all that you've done for Florida State and we'll continue to do. I have no doubts about that. But that was as sobering a moment as I can remember in my time inside Doe Campbell Stadium. I would agree. Um you know, my first thought, Tommy took me back to, to 1998, also on the field at Doak Campbell, when a, a sophomore by the name of Chris Winky, I believe, was facing NC State, and there was a big hit, and there was an injury, and uh, that was the end of the year, although it was a sophomore year for Winky, and uh, that's where my mind went. Can we have another rooster-like performance against Florida and then the ACC game and, and championship game, and then maybe, just maybe, can you sneak into the college football playoff? That one certainly came to mind. That was against Virginia when Winky got hurt. The one that came to mind for me was when Crafonzo Thorpe had a very bad broken leg that was suffered against NC State in a game that went to double overtime, and if memory serves – this was in the Phillip Rivers years when Chuck Amato was coaching him. And I think Leon Washington won that game in overtime for Florida State. But that was the one that came to mind. Also happened at Doak. That wasn't a playoff team, so it didn't have championship implications there. But before we get to any of that, and, and we can maybe dive into that more in our midweek show, Keith, I just – I don't remember the stadium ever being as silent as it was. And and part of what was going on, it was a weird confluence of emotions because you had senior night, so everybody's excited. Then the other team empties, you know, its bag of tricks, and Florida State fell for every one of them because they weren't focused. And the next thing you know, you're losing 13 nothing, And so your, your emotion's the other way. It's his jersey retired, and your emotion is this way. And then Jordan goes down, and you're back the other way. It was just a, a crazy roller coaster, but I don't – Jeff described it as something from the Twilight Zone, and that might be pretty accurate. It, it was just bizarre, which is a poor word given the significance of that injury, uh, we presume, as we're recording. We haven't heard any official word. It, it was – I don't know. I, I don't remember the ups and downs uh, in a game like that. And I'll take it one step further. I was in the varsity club. So you've got a bunch of former athletes, not all, but predominantly football players. And they know what this means. If it is serious as it appears. And there was a silence and a, um, uh, a stillness and a, and an understanding, obviously not a complete understanding, but an understanding of the significance, if this turns out as it appears, that's the end of the Florida State career from one for one of the most beloved players to ever wear the garnet and gold by and looked at and viewed by a bunch of us that wore the garnet and gold. Yeah, I think everybody knew in the moment. I, I got a brief glimpse at the video board. I think they showed the replay once before they realized the magnitude of it. And uh, you could see that it was not going to be good. And the cart was on the field at the same time the team docks were pretty much. I think that's how, that's how, I mean, you don't ever see that when the cart is coming out at the same time as the training staff, 
that's kind of an indication. I told Kathy when I got home, I had never seen, I have never seen Dr. Bill run as fast as Dr. Bill ran onto the field. I mean, yeah. it, it was, it was noticeable, the urgency. So do you want to reflect on Jordan? Do you want to talk about what this means for FSU going forward? Where do you want to start on this? I don't, I don't want to just gloss over Jordan's career and what he meant, but I think we all do appreciate what he meant. It's just an unbelievable, unless, and this is wishful thinking, I'm sure, unless the back part of the script says that Jordan comes back and plays in Houston on January 9th and leads FSU to a national title, this is just a terrible script. This is not how you would write this. And not at all. I don't think that's happening. I mean, I don't see a way that he's going to be back by then. Again, as we're talking, I don't know what the what the diagnosis was or what the update is. Well, neither one of us has taken the time, uh, although I know there are a couple of stories out there. I've glanced at them uh, that that can accurately and factually uh, spell out all that Jordan has meant to this program. He's number one in this category, number one in this category, number two in this category, number three in this category. And it is an impressive list of accomplishments. But I don't, I mean, other than Charlie, other than Charlie, I don't know of a Florida State quarterback that was as universally respected as Jordan point being the defensive players were as in awe of him having gone up against him and practicing against him and spring ball against him and scrimmaging against him as, as the offensive players who had the privilege of playing alongside him. And um, you saw the emotion. I mean, I know, I know there was a little bit and it's easy, you know, everybody rushes on the field and, and tries to salute him and and but but it was impressive to see physically that team responding to him getting on that cart and exiting the stadium along with to their credit along with the North Alabama group I think your point is correct from a outside the immediate circle standpoint the general perception from Knowles fans, general perception from college football fan, national media, all that. And I'm just going to compare the other Heisman winners. Nobody ever had a word to say about Charlie, right? When Chris Winkie played, he had the complete respect of his teammates. He was older. Everybody looked up to him. He was tremendous. There was some arrogance there, but that was part of what made Winkie so good. But he was come a long way. There was a little bit of a narrative nationally that it was unfair that FSU had a 28-year-old quarterback compared to a 21-year-old, right? So, and, and there was Peter Warwick and Coles got in trouble, and so nationally FSU was was the bad guy, if you will, because they've been good for so long. Everybody loved Bobby, but that was not a team that was universally loved. And then Jameis, again, same thing. That guy's as, as strong a competitor as you'll ever see, and it's probably been to his detriment at the pro level because he thinks he can make every throw. And at the pro level, you can't get away with the throws that you got away with in college. But the, the, his teammates loved him. We all know there was off-the-field issues when Jameis was here. And so nationally, 
that team was not very well liked. When we talk about the 2013 team and people say, well, doesn't that get its due? Because I do think, I mean, the, the average margin of victory in that, that season was 51 to 13 over the course of the season. But Jimbo was not exactly well liked. Jameis in Florida State, there was negative perception of FSU. And so that's not a team that's going to go around and be saying, well, Young was a little different because, uh, Brown was more like Bobby, right? So people loved that Texas team and Vince Young. So I'm going a long way to say that I think your point is correct in terms of if you just ask a guy watching a college football game sitting in Austin, Texas, or in L.A., in Big Ten country, what they thought about Jordan Tripp. You lined them up. I think Charlie and Jordan would be on the love that guy list, and, and Chris and Jameis wouldn't necessarily be there for the reasons I just outlined. I think it's a fair point. I mean, nobody has a bad word to say about the kid. Nobody. Exactly. I mean, uh, again, offensive players, defensive players, the training staff, the managers, um, the folks in the front office, the administrative folks uh, go up on the fourth floor, the, the, the AD's office. Uh, I mean, even the, even the local, car commercial with uh, with with uh benson is just a, a really neat down home uh, uh likable uh nil let's earn a little money for a local car dealership type of thing if you've seen that commercial i mean it it was through and through it's just a it was a storybook story until right now. I mean, he wanted to come to FSU out of high school and didn't get that chance, so he goes to Louisville and then transfers in to the Dream School. I mean, I don't remember him. I remember him when he would come to baseball games when his brother Devin was playing, but that's when I was announcing the games. And as you know, I, uh, Devin's one of my favorite Knowles of all time. And it, as this was unfolding, it just made me sick. I talked to Devin during the senior night festivities before the game you know and uh we always say hello to each other and i've enjoyed seeing Devin a lot more over the last couple of years because he and the travis family go to every game to watch jordan play and he's always i think i've said this because there's an eight or nine year age gap Devin's relationship with with jordan at least when i watch him it's more like a father being proud of a son given that age disparity even though they're siblings and just the family is so positive and it just I don't I don't want to get too uh sentimental or spiritual or philosophical Keith but it feels like why do bad things happen to good people it's one of those kind of things because that is not the way that script should end for Jordan now he'll spin it positive and he won't take that approach to it he won't you, you, if you think you've seen a positive if you think you've seen someone demonstrate and or say the right thing at the right time up till now, it will not surprise me if Jordan finds a way to turn this into a continuation and a higher level of how much he appreciates what Florida State's done for him and how much he appreciates what he's learned and and by no means do I think this is a career-ending injury. This is just a season-ending injury. And it it may be, you talk about bad things happen to good people, maybe. Maybe this is a, another thing that Devin, excuse me, that Jordan needed to push him one more level 
so that we can uh, read and see and hear about him for the next 10 or 12 years on Sundays. It might be, and, and to the point, he's already been on Instagram this morning. We're recording on Sunday around 1. Around 11 o'clock this morning, he posted a little video that said, basically said, I'm paraphrasing, hey, Noel Nation, I'm doing all right. I got a smile on my face. God has a plan. Go Knowles. So he's already he's already done that, and that's that's a credit to him and and that mindset. Um, but it it really because he's so well liked. I mean, I I think everybody gets this. It's not that we're rooting for injuries for guys who aren't well liked. You don't want to see anybody get hurt. But when it's somebody right. that's that is liked to this degree, it just feels like that much more of a gut punch to everybody. And I think that's how it felt in the stadium last night. It was one huge punch that. Honestly, it didn't recover. It took a quarter to recover from that gut punch, I think. And and I'll, I'll mention one other thing. And and by no means do I want our listeners to think that, um, you know, Jordan and I talk every day or talk every week or even talk once a month. We don't. I, I have to introduce myself to him every time I see him. Um, and, and that's okay. But I will tell you this. Unlike other players that I've seen have some significant injuries. Uh, I mean, again, I'm going old school and I'm going back, you know, to my days and, 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 you know, when, when the dinosaurs roamed the earth and we wore leather helmets, but I remember when Monk went down his sophomore year with an ACL in the game before the Florida game, I was sad. I was hurting, but I had no doubt in my mind that that boy was going to come back. And I have no doubt in my mind that Jordan Travis is going to come back. Yeah, he will. He will, no question. Um, well, I know we can continue to reflect on it. It, it. One thing will be interesting to see is if he's well enough to be on the sideline this week in Gainesville, because if medically he's allowed to be there and Florida's a tight sideline, but I mean, this would appear to be something. It's not going to be weight bearing. He's going to need to be have that thing elevated. But I see the the look on your face. If there is any, if there is any conceivable way, I can assure you, he will be on that sideline on Saturday. You know, life is is strange the the way it works, Keith. And I honestly don't know what kind of relationship Jordan Travis and Mackenzie Milton have, given that they competed for the same job. I think it's probably fine. I don't know that they're close friends. I, I, I don't know. I'm making assumptions here. But Mackenzie Milton went through as catastrophic an injury as you can possibly go through. And when Florida State was struggling two seasons ago, it was when FSU wasn't sure, is Milton the guy? Is it Jordan? It's when Jordan thought about quitting. You know, they did it to him in, in Florida State. Is, it's been night and day different since then. And that's not a knock on McKenzie. He just physically could never be the same guy again. But so now here you come, fast forward two years later, and here's a guy. McKenzie had, what, like 25 surgeries on his leg to try and – I mean, something unheard of. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that there will be conversations with those two, you know, as, as Jordan tries to come back. And again, the hope, we don't know, there's not been an announcement, at least at the time that you and I are chatting right now, but I hope that this injury that Jordan has suffered is much less complicated 
than the one that McKenzie suffered. And I'm not uh, and, trying and, to put right, right, right. And 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 even if it's you know what we would consider catastrophic, even if it's you know multiple fractures, even if it's this, if it's that, it's the other. You know, the the world that we live in, and hats off to to the Tallahassee Orthopedic Clinic and to the physicians there. You your spouse has had a couple of surgeries with the TOC docs. My spouse has had a couple of three surgeries with the TOC I've docs. Had surgery with the TOC. You've docs. had surgeries with the TOC docs. Uh, I'm the only one that's left out. Uh, they can do some remarkable, unbelievably gifted things. And so that's what you got to hope for, that it's a it's an injury. It's a significant injury, uh, but it's one that gets fixed. And, and I have every reason to believe that will be the case. And let me just reiterate, I'm not trying to suggest that it's at the same magnitude as what right, McKenzie right. dealt with. Understood. I know nothing Understood. about Again, for the sake of our listeners, I know nothing about the magnitude of this injury, as as you and I are talking. We waited a little bit to record the show because I thought an announcement might be coming today, and there might still be one, but uh, who knows? We just don't have an update other than what Jordan posted earlier today, that he had a smile on his face, which is good. Before we before we play this forward, you know the way hindsight works in the sport of football call the touchdown play. Why do we call that play? That play never works. So there, there is a faction that is mad at Mike Norvell because Jordan Travis was running the football against North Alabama. And I was thinking about the instances that come to mind and I'll let you jump in the three or four instances that come to mind, the spring of 1998 when Dan Kender blew out his knee because he was live in spring football forever altered the course of life for Dan Kendra, who moved to fullback, and Chris Winkie, who became a Heisman-winning national championship quarterback, right? Um, Derwin James, it was the first series of the second half of week two, I believe in 2016, against like Chattanooga, an FCS team. And that's when he hurt his knee and was out for the year. In a game, Florida State was going to win. Jimbo got vilified for why is he playing? And then earlier in Norvell's career here, I think it was Jimmy uh, Purdy was hurt in a false scrimmage, and, and that set him back a lot. Might have been his freshman year. So I'm throwing all that out on the table to just simply point out that this hindsight game is what it is. If you're going to play football, you might get hurt. Those that would want to critique any of the situations that you just outlined either never played football or weren't any good at playing football this is a risk that you take when you walk out there for a walkthrough remember we had two defensive backs go down with torn acls the second practice of two a days 22 23 years ago in shorts in shorts they weren't even hit that was 30 years ago okay Correct me. You've already you already made sure I knew Virginia versus NC State and Winky versus Crow. I, I messed that up early on. Thank you for correcting me on that. But the bottom line is this game, weird, strange things happen. And you can hindsight and second guess all you want to. You just move on. That's all you can do on it. Uh, it's the same group that several games this year was screaming at their TV. Why isn't Norvell running Jordan Travis? Right. Can't please anybody. Can you? 
Let me ask this, Keith, and I know what you're going to answer to this too. The team being less than focused at the start, which you and I had talked about. I think everybody knew there was a pretty good chance that might happen, given that you're coming off an emotional rivalry win and you were favored by 48 and a half points over that team. And here's the 2013 team. And here's Jameis getting his jersey retired. And it's senior night. There's a lot of things there. Is that on the coaching staff or on the players for their lack of focus at the start of the game? It's on neither. It's reality. I mean, you've got to be truly, truly a gifted person and a gifted group to to um, uh, be what you needed to be. And credit North Alabama. They came out with the with the with the I don't even know the term for it anymore. Tommy at Wildwood High School. In the late in the mid 70s, early 70s, we played Leesburg High School on Thanksgiving Day. Back to back years. Wildwood was a very, very small school. Leesburg High School was a very, very, very big school. We put in the the very similar approach that North Alabama put in, where you take one or two of your offensive linemen and spit them out left. Another offensive lineman, spit them out right. Then go, uh, you know, double receivers. And you leave one or two offensive linemen, maybe a running back and a quarterback, and you spread everything out. We ran the same thing. We only had six or eight plays because that's all we could practice. And we ran it in the first quarter, first quarter and a half. We stayed right with the Yellow Jackets. And then they wore our you-know-what out because that's a gimmick. So Florida State's not focused. They're facing a gimmick. They get caught off guard on the on the fake punt. They're down 13 to nothing. Jordan goes down. There's when you judge what this team does. This team four years ago would have folded. We would have had another Jackson State on our hands, Jacksonville State. This team regrouped, focused, and had 58 unanswered points. It wasn't gorgeous. It wasn't great. There's still questions. But that's the difference between this year and three or four years ago, my opinion. Well, no question. No question. The only thing in terms of game analysis that I want to do, Keith, and you disagree here, North Alabama, kudos to them for emptying their playbook and all that stuff. The final drive of the game when everybody's playing their third teamers and they're still going down and they call a timeout to kick a field goal, as that drive was unfolding, I said on the, the talkback, basically, I can speak to the producer on the radio network without it going out over the air. I said, they really deserve a pick six or a scoop and score for this effort. And damn, if they didn't line up to kick a field goal and get it blocked. <laughs> for the touchdown, it's expired. Well, you know, there, there are some things I don't, I don't blame them for that. I don't fault them for that. I mean, I don't have a, 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 a negative but I'm 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 exactly where you are, and William Floyd was the same way, because uh, I happen to be listening to to the call uh, piped in at, there up there at the Varsity Club. Um, they deserve something, and they deserve to give up six points when they try to put three. Again, not not a negative, not how could they do that, how dare they do that. Just the simple fact of the way the college game works. You know, you you try that something, uh, you know, something difficult and 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 uh, you know different is going to happen, and dang if it didn't. Uh, so there was a little bit of karma there in that that small microscopic second or couple of seconds. 
And how about how how about Jarian? How about that for a game for a kid that 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 you know has got a lot of upside and finally 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 showed it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I talked to him after the game. He got to break the rock. He had an interception to seal the game last week. Last night, so his final two games at Dunk and memorable. The final one, Senior Day, he gets a strip sack and recovers the fumble, and the interception as well. He's playing well. I mean, he's it was pretty well chronicled that when he first got to FSU, Fabian came in and they wondered what in the world did we do? Why did we come here? Why are we staying here? And yet they stuck it out, and they wanted to be. And I asked him about that, and he he admitted. I said, I know this is a team game. From an individual standpoint, you have to take some pride in the fact that you were part of the the group that turned this. And he said, absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, he said, absolutely. And he, and he should feel that way. All those guys should. I mean, we Jordan has been – Deloach didn't play last night. He's in that bucket too. Fabian, Jari, and there's – Akeem Dent is a guy that we don't really necessarily throw in there, but he's been here for five years and through – say it in reverse right given the way the one lost record is gone it's a it's a special group from that standpoint that they stuck it out and they they completely flipped the culture along with the coaching staff without a doubt and you know we're we've been talking for 25 27 minutes now and uh you know i want to redirect because i think we need to acknowledge what tate was able to do in this ball game uh, he, he was not spectacular but he was better than than workmanlike he was better than serviceable and going forward uh i have every reason to believe and if you talk to the coaching staff they'll be the first to tell you no he's not jordan travis but he's got some unique skills and some really really good understanding of this offense so the fall off should not be great it will be some obviously but the fall off should not be great going forward i agree he I'm going to assume it was on him, but there were a couple of plays early where he turns one way and the running backs the other way and that kind of thing, or he's expecting a receiver to be in one place and there's somewhere else. But it seemed like once he got his sea legs, it's fine. And, and honestly, his numbers should have been better than they were. There were several drops, I thought. I didn't, I didn't feel like his receivers, and they might have been tough catches, but his receivers didn't help him out. Now, one of the differences between Jordan and Tate is Tate throws a fastball. Throws a fastball. And, and he's not and so there's sometimes where if you're throwing a little swing pass, it doesn't necessarily need to be the fastball. You can take a little off, right? A little touch. But yeah, agree. And uh, you know, we need to look more in the midweek, Keith. But since we've started, on the one hand, there you do get an advantage at least in game one because the opponent does not have a ton of tape. Now, Florida lost its starting quarterback, too, so the same is going to be said there, and FSU is going to have even less tape on the guy that Florida is going to start. We've never seen with tape. We've only seen him in a mop-up role. We have never seen him at the end of a week where the entire game plan has been crafted, obviously to what the opponent does defensively, but also to what tape can do most effectively. We've seen him go in where the game plan, and I know the – coach speak but when a team is playing two quarterbacks the defense coordinator always says well they, they run the same plays well, yeah, but they call more of this play that Keith runs really well if Keith's in there and they call more of this play if Tom's in there and that's the play Tom runs better and so this this the fact that you get the full week to implement that game plan and work it with Tate 
we haven't seen that yet. So I am looking forward to seeing that part of it. And the other or, or another part of, of Tate that, again, our fan base hasn't seen simply because of body of work. But if you talk and listen to the coaching staff, Tate's very cerebral. I mean, he his the fact that he doesn't have X number of snaps like Jordan has does not mean he does not understand this offense. He is a very, very cerebral, intuitive quarterback, not just a football player, quarterback. And so for him to have the full week of preparation, his full attention, the coaching staff's full attention on him, him getting all of the number one reps during practice, again, the fall off, I think, I predict, is going to be minimal, going to be minimal. And here's the other part too, Tommy. And, and you know, you can talk about a coach or a segment coach or a, a senior giving a talk during the last home game or giving a talk before kickoff of the last game and the emotion that goes into that and the, and the intensity that's driven by that. But that does not compare to the emotion and the intensity that the rest of this team is going to have Florida week because they know Jordan isn't going to be able to play. That's a, that's a, an intensity and enthusiasm um, that, that, that stays with you. You don't get that knocked out of you on the first play of the ball game. Like you'd sometimes do with a rah, rah talk, you know, in the locker room. And so Tate and, and the team in general is going to have that going for them as well. Let me state, by the way, that FSU is fully capable of winning these next two games with Tate as quarterback. I, I do believe that. We can Tommy, talk. Tommy, Tommy, they're fully capable of dominating these two games with Tate at quarterback. Fair, fair. The, my pause was because there's the whole what will the college football playoff committee do? But let's 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 push that down the line for now. To your point about the team. With the emotions, now what I would expect would be an increased attention to detail from every other guy, not counting Jordan, but the other one to 84 scholarship players, because now you know you don't have Jordan, and so some plays are going to change. Are you listening a little bit more when Ron Dugan says, hey, listen, we're going to do it this way here because Tate does whatever it is? It just feels like and I know we're in a week where you're ready for a big game, but but it feels like it would be even stronger in a situation like this. Uh, let me let me state it this way, Tommy. Tate got no help from Keon, Johnny, Trey, LT. Florida State's four big, other than Travis uh, Jordan Travis, the other big four noteworthy players were a very little help in the bowl game Saturday night. That will not be the case in Gainesville. You follow me? Oh, I, I definitely follow you. And I think when you talk about Tate, so you're not going to expect to see him evade six guys in the pocket and turn a negative 10 into a positive 20, like Jordan did against Florida's rush last year. But we've seen – First of all, the, the RPO, when, when they played Louisville a year ago and Tate went in in the fire, I mean, Johnny Wilson had that huge game. And, and a lot of it was the, you know, the RPO glance routes or just this, the quick slants, the posts. 
And uh, I mean, it's a rocket. But how about the fact that that Tate now, Tate's got a stronger arm than Jordan. I mean, if you want to talk about getting one-on-ones on the outside and throwing a ball deep and letting and letting four and 14 being chasing down, that that opportunity exists right now. No question. And again, back to my other point from just a, a football savviness and, and attention to detail and, uh, uh, you know, not just being a, a good football player, but being a good quarterback uh, from the from the shoulders up. Again, you talk to the coaches, they'll tell you, Tate, Tate, he fits that bill as good as any anybody on that team uh, in that quarterback room. Yeah, I don't want to. The obvious thing here, folks, is if Tate was better than Jordan, Tate would have started over Jordan, right? So don't misconstrue this. But we haven't seen Tate in this circumstance. He's been around four years. He has – I mean, he's played remarkably well this year. Now, it's all been mop-up duty, but prior to last night, his quarterback rating was like 600 or something. I mean, it was absurd. Every time he went in, he'd go two for two with a 60-yard touchdown, right? Because there goes Hakeem Williams for a touchdown. So – but I, I, I talked to him after the game. We interviewed him on the radio network and uh, very polite. You're, you're right in terms of what you said about uh, how astute, how smart he is. And uh, I could tell he was still processing a lot. And I even asked him about, I said, I have no idea what's wrong with Jordan, but it would appear that, you know, you might be the guy now. And he said, well, I thought that last year. You know, now I want to – because when Jordan went down at Louisville, we all thought he was out for weeks and he played the next week. Now, that's not going to happen this time. But um, he just – he was just kind of taking it in still, I think, you know. But this is finally going to – you know, this week's going to be a lot different for him, right? Even though he's been in all the same meetings, when you know that you're getting the ball and you're the starting pitcher, it's a little different. It is a little different, but it will not be too big for him. He will be able to process it. He will be ready. As needed, he will be he will perform Saturday at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. I I firmly believe. And more importantly, the rest of his teammates believe that. Correct. Correct. And let's let's remind everybody it's not like Florida has the world's greatest defense, right? So, I mean, I'll take FSU's defense against Florida's backup quarterback before I would take take it the other way around. Candidly, I think even without Jordan, you would say Florida State's got the better offense, they got the better defense, and we know they have the better special teams because they can figure out how to get the right numbers on there and not have too many of the same numbers on there, at least the last I checked. Oh, that's cold, Mr. Block. That's very cold. Just throwing it out there. Um, all right, so I mentioned the playoff committee. The playoff committee can take injuries – into account when they do the rankings. Now, I fully believe that Washington's going to move ahead of FSU this week anyway, and this was separate, the Jordan thing. Uh, although Washington, I mean, they held on for a win, but it was dicey. Five more yards to kick a field goal that would have won that game uh, by one point. But they couldn't do it, so credit Washington. They're still unbeaten. But I think Florida State will slip. Some national media have suggested that they should FSU should be ranked eighth right now. You can drop them all the way down past Alabama and Texas based on the loss of Jordan Travis. 
And this infuriates me even more than the fact that we use the eye test to choose who's in, because now we've, we're going past the eye test into the make-believe of what we think is going to happen. Well, he's the backup quarterback, so fortunately, we're at least going to get a couple of games sample size to determine that. And if Tate plays well, then, then that won't factor in. But, but ultimately, it could factor into this. Two points, two points, rather. Number one, nobody on the team or on the staff can control any of this. So there's no propaganda. There's no ads. There's no interviews. There's not anything anybody that has any direct control over this can do about this in any way, shape, form, or fashion other than go out and win two ball games. Okay? And I know our listeners are not going to like what I'm fixing to say, which is my second point. Okay? If Florida State did not get into the playoffs and Jordan Travis was healthy, how truly pissed off would we be? At least now we've got an excuse. I do believe, though, that if FSU goes unbeaten and wins these next two games, they're going to be in the playoff. I just don't see unbeaten conference champion, two non-conference wins over SEC schools, I just don't see them not making it, no matter how much we try to have these fake arguments on TV about how Alabama should be in there. I agree with you, Mr. Block. I 100% agree with you, Mr. Block. But I'm not sure that's how it's going to play out. I have my doubts, unfortunately. Have we mentioned that Auburn lost to New Mexico State pretty handily yesterday? I mean, we did not. Here's where we are, Keith. And 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 Auburn paid them a million dollars to come into their own house and do it. I read that somewhere. We've gotten to this point because the SEC has been terrible at conference, which is the only way you can truly gauge the league's any good, right? For years, the ACC has gotten dinged because it plays the SEC and loses, right? The SEC lost to everybody this year. I mean, honestly, they don't they don't really have anything. I mean, Alabama lost to Texas, and LSU got crushed by FSU, and just your game north carolina hammered south carolina and north Carolina's not that good either as it turns out so they have none of that so we've now gone from the sec is the greatest conference ever to oh no no we we sort of acknowledge that the rest of the sec is trash but alabama and georgia are as good as they've ever been even though the teams they are beating to get that record are the trash that we just acknowledge that's the rest of the league Man, I what? Where'd Tom Block go? Where did Paul Feinblum? The opposite, rather, the opposite of Paul Feinblum. Where did he, where did that guy come from? You understand the point I'm making, though, Keith. It's a valid point, absolutely, no question. I mean, I don't know. It's it's the same thing as every year. The teams just stay up in the. And from that standpoint, would have been better if Florida beat Missouri because now Missouri's still in the top ten and Georgia's got credit for that. And it's I might I don't have a beef with Georgia so much. Alabama thing with one loss. I mean, if I was a Texas fan, as we talked about, I'd I'd be upset about that. And certainly, if I was a Washington or Florida State fan, if we were unbeaten and won the league and Alabama jumped over us, I mean, it's just you know what to say at that point. The the thing that we always fall back on, and and you and I've been around a while. You know, it's it's the beauty of of college football. I mean, four or five weeks ago, everybody was writing off Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos were idiots. 
for having signed him and brought him from Seattle. And then all of a sudden he gets hot and, and the narrative changes. Um, and, and we go, okay, well, that's the NFL. That happens all the time. But, but we hold on to our beliefs. We, we're invested in our beliefs. The fan base at the college level is, is invested in, in those individual schools. Uh, and we don't, we don't vacillate back and forth and say, oh, well, okay, yeah, he, Denver wasn't very good six weeks ago, and now they're really good. We, we don't hold to that. And, and that's what makes the college game different, in my opinion. You're right, but it's also what drives me crazy. As you know, I've always hated that winning your conference championship doesn't get you into the playoff. The, the problem with the eye test is you can just change. You can move the target every week to what you want to discuss. Talking about well, how about this eye this test? Week. How about this eye test? Florida State scored 58 unanswered. When's the last time a team at the collegiate level against any foe has scored 58 unanswered? Somebody look that one up. Because I can bet you it's been a while. I shudder to say this, but Alabama might have done it yesterday. I didn't look at their box. Keith <laughs> won like 66 to 7 or something. I get your point. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Well, if that's the case, then we're just as good as Alabama. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, this is why Mike Norvell says it's about us. Because none of this stuff matters. I mean, you can drive yourself crazy thinking about it, worrying about it. None of it matters. No. Gainesville, no. You got to win a football game. They get ready for Louisville and you got to win that football. And, and as I said, there's not a single thing that I'm aware of that Florida state university collectively could do to alter how the CFP looks at this, how the national narrative is, how the national media views it. The only thing cliche that it is the only thing that Florida state can control is that which Florida state can control. And again, I'm of the opinion, given what, what I know, which is limited, but what I know about coach Norvell, about this squad, about how they work and how they feel about each other, how they talk, how they conduct themselves. Um, I'm not going to be surprised if this isn't a truly remarkable performance in both the Florida game and the ACC championship game against Louisville, regardless of whether Florida State then continues on as one of the four participants in the college football playoff. I think this is poised to be a pretty unique couple of weeks uh, for the FSU football program. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. I'll, I'll give credit here. It looks like <laughs> this is from Brendan Sinone and he just posted the national quarterback ratings efficiency. And uh, Jaden Daniels is number two. This is minimum of 30 passing attempts. Jaden Daniels is second. That's who he's behind, Keith. Oh, I'll take a guess, but you go ahead and tell us. Rodemaker. Exactly. Because Tate's been number one for two or three weeks. Maybe oh, four. Yeah. Like I said, every time he goes in the game, he goes three for three and somebody scores a touchdown. So his numbers are through the roof. Maybe that'll keep happening, right? All right. Anything well, else and, we need to and, Well, and to that regard, and I'm I'm torn between this, so I'm gonna cheat. We're gonna look at our uh, most interesting move of the week, most interesting play of the week, which is always brought to us by Prime Meridian Bank. And and I'm gonna salute Jordan Travis and Tate Rodemaker together because I can assure you. Tate's been pushing Jordan 
Jordan's been coaching up Tate. And even if Jordan's not on the sidelines, Jordan will be involved in Tate's preparation for the Florida game. He'll be involved in his preparation for um, the ACC championship game because that's what champions do. And without question, Jordan Travis is a champion. And uh, Tate Rodemaker is, is poised to join that. Maybe at the, not, not with the same body of work, maybe not necessarily at the same level, but he is poised to join that championship level. And of course, anytime you think about Prime Meridian Bank, you think about champions. Two locations in Tallahassee, one down in Crawfordville, one all the way down in Lakeland. Uh, their team, their teammates, their, their associates are championship in everything they do every day. And that's why we are privileged to be associated with them. Front Row Knowles is privileged to be sponsored by Prime Meridian Bank. And why we would encourage you, if you haven't already, uh, to check them out at uh, www.trymybank.com or just stop by one of the locations and say, hey, Front Row Knowles sent me. Tom and Keith said I should come in here and meet someone. Who am I talking to? And, and, and tell me why I need to be doing business with you. And I guarantee you there'll be championship in their response. Well done, Keith. Anything else we need to uh, point out? Florida will be playing for bowl eligibility next week since they're five and six. I will simply remind all of our listeners that heard it a hundred times. It's a rivalry game. So the record doesn't matter. We ran out on Florida field in 1979 and Florida was oh nine and one or oh eight and one. They, that was a winless, winless season for them. And we were undefeated. And it was a contest. It was a contest. And I suspect that the same thing will be this Saturday. However, I think Florida State, in the end, will pull away and distance themselves. And I think all of the, uh, all of Seminole Nation is going to be very proud of how this team responds come Saturday in Gainesville. All right. I like where your head's at, Keith. By the way, Keith is such a team player. He's actually in Gainesville right now as we're recording this version of Front Row Knowles. I am parked in a parking lot. We have boots on the ground seven days before the game. I am parked in a parking lot off Archer Road as we speak. Yes, I am. And I am not not scouting ahead and stealing signals. Well, it's good because Florida was at Mizzou last night. So maybe you just got bad – Bad info from Connor Stallions there and where you were supposed to go to, to where you were pointing the camera. Oh, just couldn't help yourself, could you, Tommy? I couldn't. I couldn't. All right, we're done. I'll let you get back on the road. Until uh, midweek, he's Keith. I'm Tom, and this is Front Row Knowles. <laughs>